Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I want you to turn with me in your Bible to three openings. I want you to turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And then I want to hold your place there. That's going to be the place we're going to uh, mainly read from. But to introduce, I want you to turn, hold your place there and go over to Hebrews chapter 6. I want to read a couple of verses from the 6th chapter and the 10th chapter. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number... 12. He said that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Notice the promises are inherited through faith and patience. And then go over to the 10th chapter, chapter 10, and look at verse number 36. Well, 35 says, Do not cast away your confidence which has great reward. For you have need of endurance that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. I think the older translation says you have need of patience. It's rightly translated here, you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And then go on over to James chapter 1 and let's start in verse number 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now I know the older King James, I think there says temptations. If you go down to verse number 12, it says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. Now it's the same word that's translated in verses 12 and, and uh, 13 and, and uh, uh, that is, that's translated trial. In verse number 2, it's the same word, but it's used differently. In, in the first passage, it's used of tests and trials that we go through just in our walk with God. In verse 12 and 13, it's talking about being tempted. Because notice he says, uh, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. For, no, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So these verses, 12 and 13, have to do with... a Uh, dealing with temptation, verses number 2 through 8 have to do with dealing with tests and trials. So that's really what I want to talk about today is dealing with tests and trials. And the first thing he said is count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy. Joy, if if you're in the midst of a test or a trial, if you're going through something, uh, if you're going to count it all joy, then a praise is going to come out of your mouth. Isn't that right? You can't be joyful in God without praising Him. And he said, count it all joy. In fact, it's interesting that he said, he didn't just say count it joy. He didn't just say consider it joyful. He said count it all joy. All joy. Nothing but joy. When we're going through a test or a trial... If we're not looking at the whole thing as total joy, we're missing the mark. So, well, that's a tall order, Pastor. I, I don't see how that's quite possible. Well, there it is. 
count it all joy. The, uh, the Weiss translation center says, consider it a matter of unadulterated joy without any admixture of sorrow. In other words, when you're going through a test of trial, consider it all joy without any grief, without any sorrow. Well, how many of you know that, that would include complaining? Feeling sorry for yourself? Amen. Count it all joy. This is really a, a uh, one solution for all situations remedy right here. It'll work in every test or trial. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It could be something, you know, that uh, you're dealing with on the job. Somebody's mistreating you. You know, somebody, you got passed over for a raise. You knew you were qualified. You know, this other person that you knew wasn't qualified goofs off half the time. They got the raise you didn't. You know, sit out there and look like you've never felt that way before. You know, it can be something in your home you know, a domestic situation with your children, with, you know, somebody. It could be with your health. It doesn't matter. This will work. Notice he said, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That means all kinds of trials. There are many different kinds of trials. Counting it all joy will work in every one of them. Amen. Glory to God. You know, it's not always so joyful feeling when you're being persecuted. People are talking about you. Or when you're, you're led to just put the other person first over your own needs. Put them first. You feel like you ought to be put first, but no. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put that other person first. That's not always, this doesn't always feel all that good. He said, count it all joy. You know, this is simple. It's really uncomplicated. It's easy to remember. You don't have to remember a big formula. You don't have to live, listen, remember seven steps. It's easy to remember. And I'm, I'm going to say this, you might not think it is. It really is easy to do, but you have to commit to it. Really, you have to see it. You have to, you have to see it from the Word of God. You have to, you have to, you have to let, let the Spirit of God take this Scripture in your situation and make it real to you. Otherwise, you'll be going, hallelujah, 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 glory to God, I'm joyful. <laughs> but when it, if you'll let the Spirit of God take this and bring it home, let Him bring it in, put it into your heart, let Him speak to you out of it, oh, glory to God, then, then it'll still be an act of faith. It'll still be an act of faith, but you'll stir yourself up and you'll say, I'm going to be joyful, glory to God, this all joy. When you get to that place, it really is easy to master. Amen. Amen. We, we can get in. I'm not saying I've always been there. I, how many of you are still learning? Amen. We all have fresh opportunities that the, if, it, if it doesn't stay alive in us, it can slip away. And the next thing you know, we're all downcast, offended, hurt. Amen. Count it all joy. Oh, glory to God. When you, when you walk through any kind of t- uh, test or trial, remember this, when you're going through a difficult time, when you're going through a test or a trial, when you're, when you're under assault, remember it's not really about you. It, it is about me. This is what they said. No, 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 that's not the point. 
The enemy is after your faith. It's really a test. Now, God doesn't send tests and trials our way. He doesn't. He goes on down there and says he doesn't send send temptations. He also doesn't send tests and trials. They come from the enemy. But the Lord will lead us in certain paths where we will intersect those tests and trials. It isn't because God laid them in waiting for us and ambushed us. He would, when, 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 when the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, He led Him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The devil was already there. The devil was already laying for Jesus. The Spirit led Jesus in a path where he intersected that difficult time and he was tempted. Now in that situation, he was actually tempted with sin. Remember? Hebrews says he himself has been tempted with sin. That Therefore, he can help anybody else who's tempted with sin. He was tempted to disobey the, the plan of God and the will of God and put on a show for the devil. So it was a time of temptation. The Lord led him there, but he didn't, he didn't create the temptation. He didn't create the test or a trial. Amen. The book of Mark tells us about the sower. It says, sows the word, and every opposition was opposition to the word. Every time, the, the enemy will always come to you and try to take the word that's been sown in your heart away from you. If he can't just steal it outright and get you to just ignore it, if he, can't, if he can't distract you in church where you, you, the word is sown and he just comes and takes the word right away and you don't even act on it. It doesn't even go in your heart. You're sitting there thinking about lunch. Or you might be today, you might be thinking about fireworks. Or you might be thinking about your offense. <laughs> Anything like that is, is going to keep the word from entering. But you come into a church with a, with, a, with a right heart and a hungry heart and the word is sown to you and, and it ministers to you and, and the Lord speaks to you out of that word and it's precious and it's fresh. You go out and you're excited. You start acting on it. But we won't turn over to the, to the book of Mark, but you know what happens along the way. The enemy comes through a various uh, pathways to try to get you to give that up, or back off from it. It's all about taking the word which is the source of our faith. <laughs> Glory to God, but we don't have to give it up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Go with me to First Peter. Hold your place because we're going to come back. Go to First Peter and let's look at chapter 1, verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, You have been grieved by various trials. There's that various trials again. All kinds of trials. He said, in this you greatly rejoice. That's the same thing as saying all joy. If you're full of joy, you will be greatly rejoicing. Let me say this differently. Come over here where I've got somebody here that likes me. Joy produces rejoicing. If you're not rejoicing, say what you want to say. You're not not yielding to joy. Amen. He didn't say uh, greatly grumbling, 
greatly complaining, greatly worrying, greatly rejoicing. There is power is released when we rejoice from our heart. Feelings don't have to have anything to do with it. In the face of the the temptation to feel the wrong way. That's That's why James said, count it all joy. It doesn't feel like joy. You count it all joy and you have the word of the Lord and you know his word is true. You'll act on that. You'll start... Thank you, Lord. It's all, and it just automatically puts a, a smile on your face. It just automatically puts a smile on your face. You know, there are some things that you can't talk about without smiling. You, you, can, take, you can take an old hardened, leather-necked, you know, scruffy biker. He's never had a family, just, you know, just a rough, alcoholic, drug life. And you can, you can, you can show him a video of a, va- of a little baby just cooing and let, I guarantee you he'll crack up. He'll start smiling. You know, you, you don't always have to feel it. There is a smile on the inside of you. In every situation, if you'll just act on the word of God, it'll change your countenance. And he said, greatly rejoice. Rejoicing in this greatly, he said, if need be, for a while... Listen, tests and trials don't last forever. It's a good thing to remember going into one. This is not going to last very long. Now, sometimes it lasts longer than it should because we're not doing what we should. And if we're not rejoicing, if we're not doing what we should, it can last way longer than it should. But this, this passage is, is intended to bring us out. He said, you're going to endure this for a little while, for a short time. He said, but continue to rejoice greatly that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is when Jesus returns. You know, there is, uh, when Jesus comes back, I want, to be, I want to be my life to give glory and honor to him when he comes back, to, to amount to something. We ought to be living our lives every day in the, in the awareness that Jesus is coming soon. He is. He is. I was, I was talking to somebody not long ago, and they said, well, you know, every generation believes Jesus is coming back in their generation, you know, and so, you know, we've been going on a long time. And... Uh, I got to thinking about that and I thought, well, you know, there is going to be a generation where that's true. They're going to be that generation. I think it would be a big mistake to be in that generation and be thinking, you know what? He, they've been saying, you know, he's been saying he's coming back. That, I don't think that'd be a good... If you knew, you can't know, but let's just hypothesize. If you knew that Jesus was coming back 18 months from now, in 18 months. I guarantee you, I mean, you can't know it, but if you could know it and did know it, this place would probably be full this morning. I mean, you'd be paying people to come in here. (laughs) I, I, I believe we'd be sharing Jesus a little bit more. If we knew that in 18 months, all of the light on this planet is gonna vanish. 
the church is going to be gone. The move of the Spirit is going to be gone. The, 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 the convicting power of the Holy Spirit is going to be gone. And such deception and judgment is going to fall on this planet, the likes of which never has seen, been seen before and never will be seen again. It's in 18 months, we're to live our lives in such a way, amen, that we're, that we're ready for Him. And, and that involves living this life with joy. Well, praise the Lord. Joy really isn't my, my main subject today. Just kind of got stuck on it. Hallelujah. Let's go back to James. Go back to James and let's look at chapter 1 again. Count it all joy, all joy, all joy. No grief, no aggravation, no offense. Count it all joy. When you fall into any kind of trial, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Patience. Now, the way uh, the word patience is usually used today, in, in fact, I looked this up on my little, you know, the dictionary on your phone. It says... <laughs> Good-natured tolerance of an unpleasant situation. That's, that's the most contemporary uh, definition of patience. Now, a few couple of weeks ago, was it a week ago? How long ago was that tractor-trailer derailed on I-75? Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Two weeks ago? Uh, my wife got and I got caught... Not as bad as some of you might have. Everybody here has a story. Almost everybody here has a story about that day. Interstate, you know, in case someone might be listening to this message, you know, from somewhere else. Interstate was shut down for a 14-mile segment, north and southbound. Angela and I were in Gainesville, and she had an, an unexpected medical procedure that day. So we're leaving, you know, to go home in, in the evenings, like, what was it, five or six, four? And uh, we can't get out of town. She wanted to go to La Fiesta. We were at North Florida. She wanted to go to La Fiesta. Well, she hadn't eaten all day. You know, it says in, in the temptation, and afterwards he was hungry. <laughs> well, I, Jesus wasn't just hungry. He was hungry. <laughs> 40 days and 40, well, Angela hadn't been 40 days, 40 nights, but she had been a few hours. She hadn't had anything to eat, and she was hungry. So, you know, we, we go back in. We knew we couldn't get on the interstate, you know, so we went, you know, back on, on, on uh, university. You know, right before 8th, there's that road that cuts over to 23rd. We're going to go 23rd. We're going to go, we're going to go west on 23rd and come up around Santa Fe. Well, I was sitting in the red light. It didn't occur to me to look because there was no but traffic backed up. If I had just looked, we got turned, and we hadn't gone just a short... 23rd is backed up. Well, we sat there for, I thought, well, you know, we'll just sit here for a few minutes, you know. After about, what was it, 10 minutes, we had passed three houses. I was not patient. I was, I was, I, I was exercising a, a, a form of patience, but it wasn't Bible patience. I mean, I'm fuming, I'm fuming. Why does it, you know, what's going on? Where? So I, I, t- 
turned around, found me a driveway, I turned around, went back the other way. Went up to that next road, you know, that turns and you go over by uh, the Northwest Grill. Well, it's full of cars. Everybody, everybody's trying to get out of town. And eventually, we just settled down and just said, you know what, we're stuck. This is going to take what, it, what time it takes. But that wasn't what the Bible's talking about. That was this description of, of uh, good-natured tolerance. It wasn't even good-natured to start with. But it became, it became good natured when we got on, when we turned on that other road and saw we're stuck, you know. And I said, you know what, 39th is going to be like this too. If we had to go 39th almost up to the interstate to go to La Fiesta, you know. So, uh, you know, we became, it became good natured. We just kind of relaxed and said, you know, it's going to take however long it takes. When we get there, we'll get there. And uh, we got home that night. Was, what time was it? Eight o'clock? Something like that. It was, it was crazy. That's not Bible patience. Bible patience, is, it's, it's translated here in the note, perseverance. And perseverance, by definition, is continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. You see, the world's version of patience is just passive. I'm in this. Let's just smile, make the best of it, and we'll just get out when we get out. Perseverance is aggressive. Perseverance is continued effort in the face of difficulty, failure, opposition. It's continued effort to do or achieve something that you've determined to do. That's what perseverance is. That's what the, the trying of our faith produces. It produces perseverance. Oh, glory to God. Perseverance, uh, perseverance will take you a long way in life. It'll, it'll take you a long way. Back, I don't know if you remember back in, uh, it was actually the end of 2021, I taught a message on, on uh, three things uh, uh, for, for Christians, for believers, those who are indwelt by the Spirit to remember. And the third one had to do with uh, learning the ways of the Spirit. You remember that? I talked about the importance of suffering. And, uh, you know, Jesus was perfected by the things he suffered. Jesus, if Jesus needed to be... Now, that word doesn't mean brought out of sin. It means brought to maturity, to a place where of, of, of development. Jesus was perfected by the things which he suffered. Well, if he has to, had to be perfected by the things or matured by the things which he suffered, then we do too. Amen. Suffering uh, is, is really uh, something that God uses for our benefit. That's why the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to begin with. Even though it wasn't the, what, the, what the devil said to Jesus was not the will of God. It wasn't the Word of God. It was a perversion of the Word of God. It couldn't have been led by the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit led him there because Jesus needed to be brought to a place of, of, of maturity. Well, we need to be brought to a place of maturity. Amen? Now, perseverance, I'm trying to, to hurry here. Perseverance can have a complete work. Let's, let's go back to our text. Let perseverance have its perfect work. That word perfect means complete. Let patience or perseverance have a perfect work. You know, perfect perseverance can have a perfect work or it can have an imperfect work. 
How many of you employers, those of you are business owners, how many of you, or you could not only be a business owner, maybe you're a, a manager of your company or a supervisor. Have you ever had anybody uh, quit a project right in the middle of it? You were depending on them, they were in charge of it, and they just walked out. You ever had that happen before? I've seen some... How did it make you feel? <laughs> huh? Yeah. After griping a while, let's just be honest, most of us would talk about it. We'd tell somebody about it. It'd go in somebody's report. Thank God Jesus isn't griping about it when we fail to follow through with something. He, who's he going to talk to? God the Father, God the Holy Ghost, they already know. I mean, you, when you're part of the, of the, of the uh, Trinity, there's not a whole lot to talk about it. When, when, when one of us does something really dumb, there's no discussion at the throne. They probably look at each other and go, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, we don't want to be in that situation where we're not fulfilling the task at hand. And going through tests and trials, even though God doesn't present the, the, uh, the test, He certainly doesn't lead us into temptation to sin. He has allowed us to go this way because of that perfecting process that has to be accomplished in us. That maturing... Uh, well, how, let me ask it this way. I want, I want all of the fully mature Christians in the church to raise your hand. Let me do this. Let me do, all the fully, absolutely mature Christians, raise your hand. No, none of us are there yet. None of us are there yet. But pulling out of a difficult situation and before we have come to a place of maturity in that situation... If when that person at work leaves, they just say, you know, they just don't come in. They're just done. They just completely, they don't get another chance at that. I mean, they're done. Well, again, this doesn't have a, a, a direct correlation to the way the Lord does. He'll give us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, but we all have to, we always have to start over. And if you've ever been in, in a really uh, bad situation, maybe you've had a, uh, something on the job or, you know, uh, in, your, in your home life or something, just been, a, just been a terrible thing, and you stood and you worked your way through it, when that's over, you don't want to go through that again. And it really isn't the plan of God that we go through this over and over and over. Amen. Yeah, that it is... It is uh, true that we will have things that happen continually, but we ought to be able to get victory over a situation and mark that off that we won, that we defeated that, that we, that we um, came up to the mark, we obeyed God, He delivered us, and that's in the rearview mirror. That's the way we're supposed to, supposed to live our lives. Amen. Let me, let me give you, uh, I'm going to jump ahead because I'm running out of time. We often take verse number 5 and 6 out of its context, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberty without reproach and it will be given him. Let him ask in faith and no doubting. We often take that passage out of its setting and just 
use it, you know, anytime we need wisdom. It's, it's in the setting of test and trials. In the midst of test and trials, sometimes we need an answer. Sometimes we need, not all the time, sometimes you just, probably most of the time, you know, you know, if, if something's come, come up against you, if, if some kind of a sickness arises in your body, you know to take authority over it. You know to speak to it. You know to get into the Word, build your faith up, talk it, you know, uh, uh, rejoice that we've been talking about. You know what to do. You don't really need extra guidance. But sometimes you do. We were, Pastor Angela and I were with Nancy Dufresne when we went out to uh, Marietta two weeks ago. We were at lunch on Saturday. I, I preached on Sunday morning, but this was Saturday. She had taken us to lunch. And we're sitting out on this uh, veranda of this restaurant, kind of on sidewalk, you know, little tables. And she, now I can tell this because she told this in, in, in camp meeting, one of the services. Uh, she said some time ago, and I don't, it wasn't very long ago, she had, she had sown uh, a large offering to somebody. And she, she just said it was, it was quite substantial. And she says, as, as a result of that, the enemy started attacking her mind. Just, you know, you're, you're, with thoughts of financial ruin. Like, this is going to ruin you. You're going to go under. You'll never recover. This was the dumbest thing. You know how the devil does. I mean, he does this for $30. <laughs> you know? But this was, a, this was a, a, a sum of money. And the enemy just came after her, came after her. Well, she said, she told us, she said, I did what we do. She said, I just spoke to that, said, no, you don't, in Jesus' name. She said, I just, she said, it was such an attack that I put it out of my thought life completely. As soon as the enemy started saying that, I would just not touch it. She said, I just turned, I am not touching that in my thought life. I will not go there. So she said, I'm just doing that. And the enemy would leave. The attack would, would, would lessen. She said, but it wouldn't be very long and he would come back. Same assault, same accusation. You're going under, you're not going to make it. That was dumb. And she said, I'd do the same thing. She said, I would completely put it out of my mind. I would, I would not think about it. And she said, I'm not touching that. She said, she, said, she said, this happened over and over and over. And the enemy kept coming back. So she said one day she was just praying and she was thinking about this. And she said, the Spirit of God said to her, why don't you ask me about that? And she knew what he was talking about because that's what was on her mind. And the Spirit of God said, why don't you ask me about that? She said, okay, what about that? What do you have to say? Now, this is in her situation, but he said, if anyone lacks wisdom, in tests and trials... We have a right to seek God's wisdom when, when our ordinary and routine approach is not bringing the results it has brought. We have a right to seek more wisdom. And so the Lord said, why don't you ask me about that? She said, okay, what about that? What do you have to say? He said, what you don't realize is the intent behind this attack. He said, what the devil is trying to get you to do and you're doing it is you're putting this out of your mind. You won't think about it. When that attack comes, you just won't even have that thought. He said, by doing that, you're not applying your faith for that contribution you made. You're not actually thinking about it, meditating on God's promise concerning it, your obedience, what He's promised you, the return. You're not fighting the good fight. Because to do that, you've got to think about what you did. 
the gift that you gave. He said, you've put that completely out. And that's why the enemy keeps coming back, keeps coming back, keeps coming back. He's after the harvest. He doesn't want you to, to get that harvest. And so he's stopping you by this assault. And then the, the Lord said this to her. He said, any time you rebuke the devil, you stand your ground, and he leaves, and he repeatedly comes back, he said, you need to ask me what's going on. And I'll sh-. Now, it might not be the same thing in every situation. But he said, you need to ask me for more information, and that insight I give you will set you free. Putting that in my own words now. Well, when he said that to her, she rose up and she started thanking God. Oh, thank God I've sown and I'm going to reap. And she started quoting the scriptures. And see, the enemy had tricked her and she didn't even realize it. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. Oh, glory to God. We are not alone in this situation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There was a... Well, praise the Lord. Let me finish with this. I'm going to jump ahead. Go with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. I know we have communion here in just a few minutes. Philippians 4. I so loved Jackie Benefield's message Wednesday night. If, If you weren't here, you need to get that recording, download it, and listen to it. It was so appropriate. And Jackie, the Lord had me feeding along those same lines, and I, and I was going to talk about this this morning. Now, some preachers, when somebody gets up and preaches, you know, something they're going to preach, they feel all, you know, oh, they took my scripture. It ain't my scripture. <laughs> I didn't write it. That doesn't bother me at all. That just tells me this is, this is what the Spirit's saying. And he wants us to know this. And this is in the fourth chapter. She did such a good job, and I'm not even going to try to, to improve on what she said. But in uh, the fourth chapter, verse number eight says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, that means right, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are pure, lovely, whatever things are of good report, If there's anything virtuous, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now, most of the time we stop with the first one. If anything is true. Yeah, that old dirty dog, what they did to me, it's true. It's true. It's true, it happened. But even, even that doesn't qualify. Because really, if you look at this context, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just and right and righteous, whatever things are pure, true there really isn't talking about something, an evil truth. It's talking about truth. It's talking about true according to the word of God. So even when something has come against you that's not right, a bad report from the enemy, it might be true medically, it might be true according to your bank account, but it's not true according to the Word of God. It's not truth. If it's not truth, let's say it that way, if it's not truth, whatever things that are truth, whatever things are noble, whatever things are right, just, righteous, whatever things are pure, lovely, whatever things are of good report. He, he said, think 
on these things. Meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. We have to govern our thoughts. Counting it all joy is governing your thoughts. Counting it great joy in the time of testing and trying is governing your thoughts. And when you do that, you put yourself in a position to have the wisdom of God, to have the mind of God, and to have deliverance in every situation. God wants us to overcome every time, all day long. And it's not, I've said this so many times before, it's not win a few, lose a few. Too many Christians are happy if they just have a victory every few weeks. You know, ever so often, you know, I just had a great, and they'll, I grew up in a church where we gave testimony meetings, you know, gave testimony services. And on every Wednesday night, we had a testimony service. And Sister Doodad would get up every Wednesday night, I remember, and she would testify. This was in the, you know, the 50s and 60s. And she would testify of something God did for her in 1925. She'd testify, and just an old lady, you know, about all that God did. And, and every, every time, it was the same testimony. Brother, you know, Jose, he'd get up, you know, and he'd give his testimony of what God did way back when. We shouldn't be satisfied with testimonies from yesteryear. Amen. God's doing things today. God's blessing us today. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Not too long ago, it's been about probably maybe two years ago, had this situation developing in my, in my body that was causing me, it wasn't life-threatening, it wasn't anything like that, but it was bothersome. It had to do with my digestive system. It was just bothersome. And I, I, you know, I just stood and stood and, and I would seem to get some relief and it would get better. But the, but the, but the relief would only last a, a short period of time and then it would come back again. And I just kept you know, thanking God and standing and standing. I hadn't talked to Pastor Nancy. I hadn't heard this testimony. Uh, but uh, before we went out there, probably about um, two months or maybe six weeks ago, uh, the Lord spoke to me, and, and I was dealing with this situation. Now, I had looked up online, and I knew what some of the possible reasons could be, you know, for this, for this digestive situation, you know. And one of, the, one of the reasons they listed said it could be nerves, you know, internal in, in, in your bowels. And so when I would thank God, and when I would pray and take authority over it and start with, and then I would thank God, I would start listing all of the things it could be. And you know, we do this sometimes. You got a sore shoulder, you start, well, I just believe the tendons are healed and, the, and, and all the other gizmos in there. You know, the, I, you know, medical people really have a burden here because they know so much, you know. They got a kid. And I'm not saying that's wrong. Most of the time, that's fine. If you've got an ailment, just take authority over it. I just believe everything in this shoulder is working fine. But the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, it's nerves. And when I heard that, I knew that's what I need to be focused on and that's what I need to be thanking God for healing me. And so this is weird. I'm not, I'm not saying this happens all. This is one of those times where if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And I said, Lord, what, what is going on? Why is this not prevail? I mean, I get a little relief and it comes back. And so the Lord didn't give me a lengthy explanation. It wasn't a conversation. It wasn't even a sentence. It was nerves. I've, I've sensed in my spirit in the days after that, it, every time I would confront that situation and, and, and speak over it, 
I would say nerves and this and that, and it grieved my spirit. Something in my spirit said, stop it. Because the Spirit of God had told me what it was. And I was adding, and I'm not saying that we don't do that. You don't have to have this every time. But if any man lacks wisdom, if it's not working, if something's not growing, ask. And it says, he will tell you. He will give you wisdom. He won't criticize you. He won't put you down for asking. He'll, he, he'll, and he gives liberally. He'll just give you all the information you need. I needed one word. And so every time, you know, in the days after that, I would start saying all these different things. Like I said, you medical people, it'll take you forever, you know. I started saying, I didn't know that much, and I'd just start saying these things that could be, and it just kept grieving me on the inside. And finally I realized, what am I doing? The Lord told me what it was. So every time I, I just, nerves. Thank God those nerves are healed. Praise God, I'm well. And you know what? That thing is probably 99%. Now for six weeks, just almost no effect of it from that test. It's just completely gone. Now, I say 99% because every once in a while, the enemy will try to bring that back and I just say, nope, those nerves, they're healed. I'm fine. Glory to God. And it goes away. I mean, I, it's been two years. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He gives. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. Has that helped you today? Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Why don't we stand? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we're grateful for wisdom. Wisdom, 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 wisdom. Thank you, Father, that we can persevere in every situation when we hear from you. If there's anything we don't know, you'll tell us. If there's anything we don't have, you'll give it to us. You'll reveal it to us, Father. Oh, Father, we're so grateful that you have provided victory all the time in every situation. Our task, our task, if it can be called a task, is to simply respond to what you say and count it all joy. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Let's just continue to worship him for a minute. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. Do you have anything? So, sembra hadesikida. Dambombro meteke veebo ustabaka asombre bega omonta kayete ete sustaka azitamada. E Jesula brata sindakere, e jisike a ashto ustenekite yusakaha yetosikita. I've spoken to you and you've not listened because your attention was somewhere else. That still small voice of your spirit, man, that's my spirit on the inside speaking up on the inside of you. But if you're clamoring about with other things and you're not listening, you won't hear those words. You won't hear that insight. But I'm always endeavoring to communicate with you and to show you the way through. So start listening to me. Start tuning your ear to your inner man. Paying attention to what's going on on the inside. But to do that, you'll have to put out all of the clutter and all of the other noise that's coming from your flesh and from the world around you. And start listening to him him on the inside. The answer man on the inside. And that wisdom, that direction will come. And you'll know what to do. You'll act on it. And you'll see the victory. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Well, glory to God. 
said, the Lord said, you've been not, do, not been doing that. Does anybody, does that bear witness with anybody this morning? You've not been, you've not really been doing it. Well, the Lord had a word for you today. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, God is good. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.